Hello, and welcome to the Over the Barricade podcast. I am your host, Brian Downing, joined, as always, by the deadliest catch himself, Lee Brando. What's up, Brian? Um, all sorts of computer and audio technical difficulties, but I think we have it worked out. Yeah, we're not going to let it hold us back at all. Uh, we're coming to you today with part two of every single Undertaker pay-per-view match that we can get our hands on in chronological order. Um, part one we put out a few weeks back, maybe a month or two ago. It's probably closer to the truth. And uh, it's going to be an ongoing series uh, here and there where we give you our alternative commentary. We're just essentially talking about whatever's going on on the screen. Right. So we're going to give you the time markers if you want to sit down and get the uh, WWE Network queued up. And uh, we're just going to go with it in in real time. We were on uh, Survivor Series 1991 last time. The Undertaker has just won the WWF title Mm -hmm. from Hulk Hogan. After with, with some help from Some help Ric from Ric Flair, Paul Bear, Tombstone on a steel chair, pins Hawk Hogan, is WWF champion within his first year in the business. Quite impressive. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to start with this Tuesday in Texas, which is December of 91, so a few weeks after uh, that Survivor Series. December 3rd, 1991. And uh, we are, so it's this Tuesday in Texas, and we are at what uh, minute marker? We are at one hour, 15 minutes, and 14 seconds. So if you'd like to follow along, go ahead and pause us now. And um, get that uh, queued up and ready to go. We've now given them enough time, I assume. I I think we have. so we, again, you, 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 this is an audio medium, an on-demand audio, audio medium, so you can pause it yeah, to get these things set up. Yeah. So one hour, 15 minutes, 14 seconds. It appears that we are in mid-Hulk Hogan promo. Yeah, he's uh, saying he's going to bury The Undertaker tonight, which I don't know if uh, that's supposed to be you know, kind of breaking the fourth wall of wrestling or if he was just being ironical. Because of the Undertaker's name, um, but we're going to hit the play button in what uh, three seconds? Well, let's just first talk okay. about how red the uh, the Hulkster he's, is. I don't know if he's wearing a bandana or not because his skin is so red that I can't differentiate it from the red fabric of his bandana. Yeah, he's as red as the red trim on the. This Tuesday in Texas, lettering behind him, which is impressive for December. He's he's out on the beaches, and by beaches, I mean in tanning beds. I don't know how if those were a big thing in the, that day and age. I'm pretty sure they were. They blew up in the 80s, right? I believe so. So, uh, much like Hogan, just Hulk Hogan kept that industry in business early. Yeah, much like Hulk Hogan, the tanning bed is in its prime currently. Which is impressive. All right, one hour, 15 minutes, 14 seconds. Ready in three, two, one, play. All right, we've got Hogan. You can tell he's firing off. Uh, If you want to go back and watch this promo, you probably can get everything he's saying. I guarantee it consists of the fact that he's the best, he's the American, real American, and he's going to bury The Undertaker tonight. Uh, What are you going to do, brother? What is The Undertaker going to do? When uh, Hulk Hogan runs wild on yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yep, and there's the uh, the, the oiled-up red bicep. 24-inch pythons? Mm-hmm. I love these old-school, like, arena shots, because the arena looks way bigger than it actually is. Yeah, I think it's all the, like, the light bleeding and stuff like that. And just, I kind of like the stripped-down, like, no big black barricades no big overproduced led stage i get why they do it but um i do like kind of the feel this feels more like a sport like they don't come out of giant entranceways in ufc they just kind of there's an aisle way that leads to the locker room well old ufc they did do they also, have entranceways now um no not anymore hmm. uh 
Also, sweet-looking belt there, Taker. Mm-hmm. He's kind of just almost dragging it next to him. Ginger Taker. Ginger Beard Undertaker. Looking, nope. uh, looks into the camera, then Which rolls is... his eyes back in his head. Of course, the underneath shot to make him look like he's more than seven feet tall, which he's pretty close to it. Your whole goal in those shots is to make the person look so much bigger than they actually are. With and The Undertaker, you don't generally need to do it, but it is more daunting that way. The goal is to make him look taller and also not trip. It's a very hard shot to get not trip while walking backwards crouched. Yeah, generally speaking. Yeah. The wide tie... Undertaker looks pretty solid at this point in time. Meaning? Uh, you would almost assume, looking at him, he's at his peak right now. Oh, yeah, and it's not even for years to come. It's hard to say when Undertaker's peak actually was. The, the crowd is going crazy, so Hulk Hogan has entered the building. <laughs> Real American must have just started playing. Um, the red and yellow number Baga. one foam fingers are flying around. Fuck all, that's Pat Patterson and Jerry Briscoe's music. <laughs> Didn't even wait to get to the ring before he shredded the shirt. He's just so excited. Hawk Hogan, is, uh, what's that called? Beat him up buddy or something like that? I Russell don't even buddy. remember. This is the uh, Hulk rules uh, oh, They're starting era. fast. Paul Bear laying some kicks into Hogan. He's uh, stomping a mud hole and walking it dry. Uh-oh. Couple of coconuts banging the noggins together, and starting with a right hand. Now, if I'm not mistaken, that's Shane McMahon refereeing the match. Um, now I'm. Uh, no, it's not. Okay, it could have been. No, it's not. I've heard that referee's name recently. Okay. He um he was actually a big part in a lot of huge moments. Um, if I remember correctly, he is the referee who. Uh, was the official for the Hulk Andre WrestleMania three match? Hmm. Interesting. I wish I could remember his name, but I'm pretty sure that's who that is. Yeah, it's definitely not Shane. Now that I have a better look, ooh, kind of a. Well, this is also 1991. Kind of a messy Even, atomic drop there. Shane would probably still be a little too young to be refing at this point. That's true. He did ref at one point. It's just he did. I think it was yet. probably a couple years later. Yeah. Oh, clothesline, but Undertaker does not, not go down. It's very interesting that we see the um, we see a little bit more selling out of Undertaker than the last match a few weeks ago, but still not giving Hulk a whole lot, which is very very unique in this time period. He's a little he's still zombie, but he's a little less zombie than he was. Slightly less. He's had a good run on top for two three weeks. <laughs> Undertaker sits back up after the body slam. Hogan punching Paul Bearer off the ring apron. You know that's the hardest part of the ring, right? It is. It's not like he's taken a, a Michael Elgin German suplex to the ring. I mean, he just got punched. Clotheslined out of the ring for Taker, but of course he lands on his feet. Yeah, this is back in the day when the ropes were way, way loose. Also when the urn was that much more important. Yes. Also, is that President Jack Tunney? Could be. He's out there. It's an important match. His golden boy, the... The Hulkster taking on the Undertaker, pulling Ho- or pulling uh, Undertaker up, giving him ten beats of the Bowery. It looks like up oh, Undertaker blocks just the one, <laughs> and it kind of missed. It did kind of miss. They're teetering on the edge here. This is was never going to be a fast-paced matchup. No, these are two big, big guys, and Undertaker isn't really known for his. Uh, Speed. Well, he's a fast, but he's he's not really like a, a cruiserweight or anything like that. Hogan with the ridiculously large yellow tights. How did that ever get over? I'm 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 still not sure to this day. Well, he wouldn't stick to them for too terribly much longer. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, this is '91 and Bash at the Beach '96 or seven. Didn't he was the um turn? Was he still in the yellow yellow tights at that point? Um, until he joined the NWO, yes, he 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 still still wore the yellow trunks uh, in his early WCW run. Although he was much leaner at that point in time. Yeah, he's he's kind of bulked up here. Well, this is still kind of 
This is towards the end of the Hogan Prime. Yeah, that's true. Now, first Hogan, Hogan Prime. Hogan did have a renaissance with the NWO, but this is this is Hulkamania Prime. Yeah, this is near the end of Hulkamania. In the in the on the back nine, we should say, and he's been choked out at ringside, just barely being able to roll inside the ring. That is, uh, I'm assuming, President. Yep. President yep, it is Jack, Jack Tunney, uh, President of the WWF. Why is that man not in the Hall of Fame? It's a good question. Let's, we're going to push. Hashtag get Jack Tunney into the WWE Hall of Fame. Tunney, hashtag Tunney is money. Punch to the throat. <laughs> this is not a fast-paced match. We're really having to comp, to make comment on the things that are going on outside of it because the, the, the choke in the corner is about as fast-paced as this has gotten. That's true, but you got to think people are on the edge of their seats. They've never really seen Hogan in this much peril. Especially losing, really to only the against Andre. Yeah, I mean everyone else, they would get a a little bit in, but it was uh, it was either a quick comeback for Hogan or Hogan just had the upper hand the whole time, making the other uh, competitor look like a fool. But you know, as we see here, the Undertaker is in complete control. I would just like to point out that the official technically should have just disqualified the Undertaker. True, but then the Undertaker uh, would have retained. So maybe the official is being lenient with the rules. Maybe the official's a Hulk Hogan fan. Like, uh, I'm assuming many of these people are in the building. Do you ever think about that, though? Do you ever think about people back in the day, if they, if a lot of them felt about Hogan, uh, how people feel about kind of like Cena today, but they just were less vocal about it? Well, the, there's a lot of difference there in that what there was no way at this point there was no real, like, national competition against the WWF. I mean, people still were like, Ric Flair's the best in the world. You know? There were people that were that way, but it's hard to tell because most of the history has kind of been whitewashed, in a way, by the WWE. So you're getting whatever narrative they're saying. Old school off the top rope, which at this point in time was just called school. Punch to the face. <laughs> And back to the choke. Working the choke over, although Hogan is pretty close to the ropes. Seems like if he uh, could open his eyes for a second, he could see that he could grab onto the ropes, even though choke is uh, a legal maneuver anyway. Hogan out of the ring to catch his breath. Hair askew. Quite, quite askew. Can we also just discuss that I feel like a lot of Undertaker matches in this point in time were how do we get to the spot where Undertaker can have his eyes roll up and he can look intimidating. Yeah, like make sure, you can hear Vince, make sure you get the camera in there, close up. Oh, Hogan, face first into the ring post, which so simple looking back then. Now it's all tricked out, LED lights. What do you prefer? Do you prefer the kind of classic look to the ring or do you prefer the LED ring apron and posts and kind of... Uh, well, the, the classic look at this point is essentially the indie look. That's true. Although WWE. it's still a much larger ring. You know, Vince, uh, the thing Vince was always adamant about was nothing on the canvas. Whereas other companies and promotions would uh, put sponsors and stuff. I can you know distinctly remember WCW having a giant Snickers logo in the middle of their ring. They did. New uh, Japan does that to this day. New Japan does that. Although with them, it's a... I mean, it feels more sporty, so it feels more like in uh, theme with whatever else they're doing. Well, New Japan, New Japan's product is essentially pre presented as a legitimate sporting competition. Correct. And New Japan even doesn't have uh, singular turnbuckles. They just have the, the corner pad, as you would see in uh, like a boxing ring or something like that. And back to the choke. This is maybe the sixth or seventh prolonged choke. And actually, this is more of a face grip that the Undertaker has on Hogan. Hogan more. reaching up, trying to grab onto the collar, the shirt, or the hair of the Undertaker, just to try to grab onto something, but he's fading fast. Look at those eyebrows on Paul Bear. You think those are real? No. <laughs> what, are, what are the odds of those being real? Slim to none. We have... Uh, the also, front we have row. an Arn Anderson yeah, fan. Yeah, I was saying it's either Arn Anderson or the guy from uh, Roseanne. John Goodman? No, never mind. Not that guy. 
Paul Bearer. Paul Bearer, I think at this point, is showing more charisma than either of these two. Combined. But that's this is such a slow batch. You get a lot of these in the early 90s. but Oh, Oh, Hulking up. Hulking up. Doing the shaky leg. This is the most movement we've seen out of Hulk Hogan since He breaks the choke and a kick to the gut. Another one. A rake to the eyes from the babyface Hulk Hogan. Uh, A miscommunication there. Whoa! Undertaker Undertaker. going for a rebound off the rope, and it just went very badly. Undertaker gets hung up in the ropes. Maybe a misstep, or maybe uh, he's thrown off his momentum by Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan, Irish rip into the corner. He comes in fast but catches a boot to the face. That is the most prolonged bump from a big boot I've ever seen. I don't know. Did you ever see the Triple H uh, after Raw match where he takes the jumps off and gets the boot to the face and takes about 14 minutes to, to bump for it? He's in a tag no. match with Shawn Michaels uh, against, I think, Legacy, but I could be wrong. Um, no, I, I actually don't remember that. Big leaping clothesline from Undertaker. Undertaker, always excellent facials. I heard that from... Uh, never mind, I won't go there. <laughs> Undertaker taking stalking his time. Hulk Hogan. Goes down for a pin after a long break. Maybe not the smartest idea. It was still about two and three quarters. Hogan, very, very dazed. Ar- Arn Anderson in the front row just looks thrilled. Mm-hmm. So Back up to the top rope. Perhaps a second attempt at old school, or as you pointed out, when it was still just called school. Yep. Still, uh, this was, uh, you know, the WWE's first or one of the first uh, s- stabs at doing a Tuesday night pay-per-view. They did a few. There was, of course, Taboo Tuesday in the mid-2000s. Which ended up becoming Cyber Sunday. That is true. Which was actually kind of a cool idea. Hey, it's oh, Ric Flair! We have Ric Flair coming out. crowd has seen this before just a few weeks ago. A no wonder Aaron Anderson's in the front row. Tunney trying to prevent the Nature Boy from giving any assistance to Undertaker, but Hulk Hogan is hawking up. Up. And he breaks the the grip of the Undertaker a few straight right hands. And Undertaker clotheslined over the top. Chaos at ringside. Now... Oh, Hogan going after uh, the Nature Boy with a steel chair. Oh, right to the back, and he falls on Jack Tunney. Took out Jack Tunney in that... What, what a bad influence Hulk Hogan is. He's willing to grab a chair, hit it, unexpecting man in the back with it and take out two people one guy just there doing his job Hulk Hogan is is the worst might turn out to bite him as Jack Tunney was his first line of defense against Ric Flair interfering in this match Taker stumbling but not going down with these strong elbows and left hands and right hands to the head whips him off again a big chop to the chest Oh, and Taker rakes his eyes. If you can't see, you can't fight. We know that for sure. Ric Flair looking on at ringside. Big boot to the face. An eye rake from Hogan. Pandemonium all around. The match is certainly speeding up now. Flair with the steel chair. Undertaker signaling. Oh, and Undertaker gets thrown into the chair. Well, that's a disqualification. Hogan should have been disqualified. The ref certainly saw it. This ref is biased. This ref is certainly bought off. Now the big boot takes down the Undertaker. Crowd going wild. Paul Bearer on the ring apron. Chop, uh, punch up to the throat. The steel chair to the head was not enough for the Undertaker to stay down. Now Flair trying to resuscitate Jack Tunney. As things have slightly turned against them. Oh, and, and hit with the urn to the head. Paul Bear misses Hulk Hogan, gets the Undertaker, and Hulk Hogan is kind of despicable. He just poured out a dead man's ashes. He does. He and has- is throwing it into. Can we talk about the fact Hulk Hogan might be the greatest heel of all time before his NWO days? He certainly won that match as dirty as one can get. Literally throwing a dead man's ashes 
into the Undertaker. And now face. a shot with the title belt to the forehead of the Undertaker. Let's see. Hulk Hogan used a steel chair and urn, a handful of ashes, and he took out Jack Tunney. He took out Jack Tunney, and he uh, topped it all off with a shot to the head from the world title belt. Hulk Hogan is a monster. Hulk Hogan uh, certainly not winning clean here. And that is this Tuesday in Texas. Uh, we will move along. Back in the days when uh, pay-per-views were few and far between, we jumped from what was the beginning of December to WrestleMania 8. Which is as I am of, uh, quickly searching. April, so you got uh, January, February, March, four months between these pay-per-views. Uh, they certainly did feel like bigger events when there were fewer of them and they were more spaced apart. But uh, something has happened along the way. Uh, Undertaker is no longer in line for a WWF title match. I'm assuming he got a rematch at some point. Or I don't believe he, he did. did. I don't believe he did. I know that he turned face not long after that match with Hulk Hogan. I think the reactions he was getting... Uh, led to that, but uh, I th- if I'm not mistaken, that whole feud was supposed to lead into a WrestleMania 8 match between Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan, which never came to be. Which for some reason never happened. Yeah, we get uh, we get Sid and Hogan, and uh, Flair and Macho Man Randy Savage coming out of retirement. Which actually, if I remember correctly, that was a pretty good match. Uh, yeah, they were both okay. The Flair-Savage uh, match was obviously the better of the two um but we never got that flair hogan wrestlemania main event nope yeah uh, um, we would have to wait until wcw when it was uh maybe perhaps a little too late well it was pretty clear at that point that wcw didn't care about rick flair so it would be nice to see to have seen them in a match mm-hmm. both in their prime with a company that actually cared that is true. And then, of course, shortly after WrestleMania 8, uh, Flair goes back to WCW. Um, so we so, are at WrestleMania 8. Um, uh, the Undertaker is going to take on Jake the Snake Roberts. This uh, After Jake the Snake was going to hit Miss Elizabeth and or Randy Savage, whoever came through the curtain first, with a steel chair. Something that was a little strange for the time where the backstage was literally right behind the stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, excuse me, Jake the Snake standing there holding his chair, waiting. Miss Elizabeth was the first person to come through, but Undertaker saving Miss Elizabeth, reaching out and stopping Jake the Snake from using the chair, and that set off this feud, which would find its apex at WrestleMania 8. That is true. So we are at... Um, we are at 27 minutes and 8 seconds of WrestleMania 8. So Matchup between the Dead Man... And Jake the Snake, go ahead, give us a pause, come back. Once you're there, 27 minutes, 8 seconds on the network. All right, we're at 27 minutes, 8 seconds. We're going to hit the play button in 3, 2, 1, play. And here we go. We've got the uh, infographic, and now we've got Jake the Snake Roberts making his way to the ring. He's got a, just a, a grumpy look on his face. Not coming out with uh, the snake or anything like that. Um, sit, sitting in the corner, giving a sinister smile. He's, this, uh, is, this is 1992, Jake the Snake. This was not long before he left the company. Not long before his run was over. Big this is, uh, crowd ovation as The Undertaker and Paul Bear make their way into the building. Of course, The Undertaker's second WrestleMania, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yes, his first, of course, we covered in the last one, With, was uh, against Jimmy Superfly Snuka. Jimmy Superfly Also, Snuka. who was not long for the company. Yeah, these are these are veterans that have been around a while, and Undertaker's kind of, still at this point, a, a pretty new face. That is a pretty detailed poster that was just shown. That's true. And they are, um, this is not in a uh, arena, this is in a stadium. This is one of the early uh, WrestleMania stadium shows. Which they did more of these early on, uh, and they kind of got away from it. I think, if I remember correctly, Caesar's Palace was the last time they tried to do, and they had to build that. 
that whole setup for Caesar's Palace at WrestleMania 9. Oh, don't worry. We will get there. <laughs> this is at the Hoosier Dome in Indianapolis, Indiana, uh, which would later become the RCA Dome, uh, the home of the Indianapolis Colts, the, which have since been... Uh, I'm assuming a new building. There is a new building there. It's now Lucas Oil Stadium, which looks like a barn. Yeah, we had three in a uh, big stadium. Um, I'm trying to think, was six or seven? In a well, big six was, was the main event for WrestleMania six was that, Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan. That was Hogan. in a big stadium. Yes, that was, it was. in uh, the Canada. Sky, uh, I want to say the Sky Dome. Yes. And uh, that was a stadium. Seven was not because they had trouble filling the Coliseum. So That ended up being at... Uh, that ended up being in Anaheim, if I remember correctly. The what preceded it was in L.A. Um, that kid's that kid looked drunk. <laughs> so yeah, we get a big uh, stadium here. If you want to call it a stadium next year, and then uh, back to Madison Square Garden and largely um, arenas until uh, WrestleMania 17. Which Match was back under. In uh, back in Canada at the Sky Dome, match underway as Jake the Snake trying to stay away from the Undertaker, which is a pretty good idea, I would have to say. Yeah, Undertaker's ring attire slightly different. He's lost the tie. Still all in black though. Losing the tie was pretty much it. That's pretty much it. Uh, still got those tall boot covers, those big leather gloves. Of course, like you say, he's uh, he's a good guy now. He's he's the fan favorite in this match. Jake the Snake, one of the, uh, of course, he is in the Hall of Fame at this point, mm -hmm. but as far as Jake the Snake, his life goes at this stage, I'm not sure where he is as far as his life goes. I would like to say I think he's having, he started having his life issues by this point. I think his life issues started very early on. I think uh, I think this, he though, was able he was to very much them. in the grip of them at this point. Yeah, I think he was able to hide them up until around this time for the most part. I think they were always there. And unfortunately, um, things didn't get much better for him after he left the WWE. Um, of, of course, now we can look back on it with a smile because we know that he is he's come out of it through help of a lot of uh, other superstars, i.e. Scott Hall, Diamond Dallas Page, and uh, he's in a much better place now he throws undertaker into that was a the buckle. really hard irish whip that was he's uh he's gotten oh 100 of the offense in this match so far but the undertaker uh not very phased undertaker pulling him back in and finally gets a chop to the throat i don't know if undertaker's this face is, a much... is paler in this it just, it just looks paler well he, we know that i believe that he wears some sort of makeup. Yes, definitely. Early on here. You can tell from his neck to his face that there is definite pigment change. Um, of course, he's got that dark brown wet hair in the way. Not and very many five-star matches early on for The Undertaker. No, if you, you know, if you only watch The Undertaker back in this day, I mean... Of course, the style was different, but would you ever think that he had the greatest match of all time, what's considered the greatest match of all time? At least one of. 17 years later, you know? Well, he Undertaker, as an in-ring performer, did get significantly better over the course of time. That's true. And I Can don't know that he's not that capable of it at this point. I think that he's just very Well, that's the box. era. The era at that point was not five-star wrestling matches. Yeah. It was rare when they happened. But Can we I mean, talk really briefly about the fact that Jake the Snake has a naked woman on either side of his tights? Airbrushed onto his uh, white tights. Uh, look like they're wrapped up in some sort of sea serpent, which is fitting. But uh, what I was saying is I, I think maybe The Undertaker's just doing solely what uh, Vince McMahon's telling him to do, which isn't do a lot of stuff outside of the box. A lot of chokes, a lot of strikes. You know, a lot of clubbing and a, really, a lot of lingering. A really hard move set to get over as a face. That's true. I mean, I've heard uh, 
Jim Cornette talk about Kane's moveset and how he got over with three moves, and one of those was a hair flip. So, <laughs> you know, um, the the movesets for these big monstrous people were, were pretty limited. Now, Jake Snake's no small guy. He's only a few inches shorter, it looks this like. This is also a time, as he goes for the leaping clothesline, that a leaping clothesline was a big move. It is a big move. Especially in matches with a guy that's this big. I'm starting to notice that. a little bit more ink on the Undertaker's right forearm. It's starting to creep up there. It's almost spreading. Well, we do know that uh, he is not afraid of tattoos. No, he's not afraid of needles, I don't think. Unless he's a masochist. Undertaker goes to lift up Jake the Snake and with the DDT. And now that's Jake's finishing maneuver, and at this point in time was very protected. No one kicks out of the, two, uh, the, the DDT, excuse me. You're about a move too uh, too far ahead. <laughs> no um, one kicks out yeah, of the tombstone. Either. No one gets up after the DDT. Not immediately. No. Jake the Snake uh, taunting Paul Bearer, saying, I got this now, taunting the fans. And, and the Undertaker, Undertaker sits up, and the crowd goes crazy. The Hoosier Dome. It's hard to explain oh, like the fact that got the Undertaker got up after a Jake the Snake DDT. Especially because the DDT is such a standard move now. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it can always come back. Any move can any move that's protected can always come back. I mean, look at um, Okada getting over a, a clothesline, essentially. A clothesline that you have to start behind the guy. By the oh, way, second, second DDT. DDT. Now, certainly, certainly it's over. If the Undertaker wasn't dead before, Jake the Snake's sitting up mocking the Undertaker. Paul Bear pleading to the urn, pleading to the the dark powers that that urn holds for the Undertaker to get back up, but a mortal man making not some do very that. major flaws right here. Not going for the pinfall twice now. He's failed to go for the pinfall. Paying more attention to Paul Bear, not noticing Undertaker sit up in the background. He's got Paul Bear by the side of his head, and he gives him a, a hard right hand. He's trying to steal the urn. And Jake the Snake up in a tombstone position, not on the outside. Oh, my God. About a foot of air between the floor and Jake the Snake's head, but we'll let it slide. Well, that was also an off-to-the-side tombstone. That's true. As opposed to the natural tombstone, uh, where both of Jake the Snake's legs were to Undertaker's, the right of Undertaker's head. That's true. Undertaker usually saves that version for a heavy opponent. It's harder to manipulate them. Also, that's a rope break. That is. Cameron that was Angle a trying rope to break. Cut away this is it. the same referee that was Tuesday night in Texas. I can start to see why this Tuesday referee is forgotten by history because he's he's awful with the rules. Well, unfortunately, he died tragically. Oh, he I think did. in 1997. That's. I take it back. <laughs> um, I believe he died in a car accident. Mm. Not that we're laughing about that. Just that. Of all things you could have said. Right. So Undertaker wins. I wonder if I wonder if he's going to keep winning at WrestleMania. Well, if you think that he's going to lose in any of his WrestleMania matches, um, good for you. <laughs> As he makes his way out of the arena. Now, I think we talked about this last time, but how early on do you think the streak was... Um, even being talked about or thought of internally. By the way, can we talk about really quick? Before, I know we're all talking about the Undertaker. Roddy Piper and Bret Hart at WrestleMania Eight. Roddy Piper, Intercontinental Champion at the time. All right, let's. Looks to be, looks to be leaner and buffer uh, than than General Roddy Piper. Now remember, Roddy Piper at this point was not full time. He really hadn't been full time since the mid '80s. Yeah, but you got um, this is an interesting time period because WCW is building. They're not they're not close to Nitro. They're not Bischoff. They're, a few years they're not off. They're not the Bischoff WCW that we all remember. But they are building and they are starting to siphon off some talent. So maybe uh, maybe Vince wanted the, the the legends back. The you know the the Ric Flairs and the Roddy Pipers and the Jake the Snakes, Randy Savage. Uh, speaking of which, we're jumping to Survivor Series, or excuse me, SummerSlam. SummerSlam 92. This was the SummerSlam in Wembley Stadium in England. The one time a major WWE pay-per-view has 
emanated from overseas. Now, of course, there's reasons to this, uh, mainly the time difference. So you'd have to run at a strange time locally to provide us with the familiar air times that we're familiar with in the United States. Um, so if you're going to run a SummerSlam or a WrestleMania, both of which are four-hour shows now, uh, plus if you count the overrun, you'd have to start it, I believe, at um, 1 o'clock in the afternoon. In uh, Well, that's not right. You'd have to start it in the middle of the night, wouldn't you? You would have to start it if you did it normally for local time in England. England is five hours ahead of the East Coast. So you'd have to start at midnight to get it to start at 7 p.m. on the East Coast. Correct. So, yeah, you'd, ha- you'd have a pay-per-view that ran until 4 a.m. local time. Or you do what they did for SummerSlam 92, and you just ran the show locally, which was, I believe the show was available on pay-per-view as a tape delay. Hmm. Yeah. I believe it was on regular time on the East Coast, but it ran normal time in England. So this would have been a pay-per-view that would have started about 6 or 7 o'clock local and would have run till 10 or 11. And you could, uh, I guess you're now, saying you this could get also, it live at 1 or 2 in the afternoon. This is also a three-hour pay-per-view. Okay, so it's a little easier um, to, to play with the time difference. But yeah, nowadays, any sort of tape delay on a major pay-per-view uh, would kind of be a nightmare with all the spoilers that would come out and everything like that. Um, but I'm sure the hardcore fans would stick with it. Anyway, uh, where are we at? I would be glad to watch a pay-per-view in the middle of the afternoon. That yeah, that East would be Coast good. time. I would be ecstatic to do that because right now these pay-per-views are killing me. Yeah, I'm sure SummerSlam is going to be a five-hour show. Probably. All right, so let's get started. SummerSlam 92. This will be the last one we do, I think, for this episode. Okay, sounds good. One hour, 53 minutes, 55 seconds on SummerSlam 1992. This is Undertaker versus Kamala. Mm, Interesting. This is the Kamala feud, which... Had some notable matches, had a a last ride match, if I'm not mistaken. Is this it? No, not a last ride match. Uh, Casket match. This was the debut of the casket match. I'm not saying this one, but it also had a last ride match where you had to throw your opponent in the back of a hearse and drive off. That I don't remember. Um, Talk for a minute so I can look this up. (laughs) Okay. Um, so we are at uh, SummerSlam 92, like we said, 155, 155.53.55. 155.55. 155.55 will get you exactly two minutes ahead of where we are right now. Thank you, Marty McFly. Um, so you want to go ahead and get that queued up? We'll give you a second. Um, but yeah, Kamala, who was taken from Memphis, um, he was actually, I can't remember his original name. I'm pretty certain it was sugar bear was sugar bear robinson or something like that Uh, but sugar bear was the nickname and he came in to work for jerry lawler in memphis and jerry lawler uh, had just read or seen a, a news piece on the um the cannibals in africa some of the kind of more aboriginal tribes that still practice cannibalism so he thought it would be great if uh, he took this big, you know, sugar bear guy and totally changed his gimmick and painted his face and had him coming out of the woods, out of the jungle with a spear, and all Jerry Lawler told him was, just go after your opponent like you're going to eat him, like you're just going to take a bite out of him and start eating him in the yeah, middle Kamala, of the ring. Kamala is supposed to be from Uganda. Yeah. Um, so, and, and, and at the time it was a big story, uh, you know, when they came up with it, like, I think like the Uganda president or prime minister was like a cannibal also. So it was like, it was like kind of a systematic thing. I can't fact check any, fact check any of what you're saying. Well, I'm sure it's true. <laughs> you, let's, let's get going. So yeah, that's kind of the backstory on, um, uh, not Umaga, excuse me. We'll get to him later. <laughs> we will. Well, maybe not. I don't think Undertaker ever faced Umaga. Because Undertaker not. was SmackDown and Umaga was Raw. Perhaps not. Um, so we're SummerSlam 92. One hour, 53 minutes, 55 seconds. Let's go in three, two, one. Play. All right. The, the kind of note we're getting here is over 80,000 fans at Wembley. And, uh, of course, this is uh, Harvey Wimpleman, right? I believe so. And he's uh, he's 
taking the microphone. He's cutting a promo in the middle of the ring. He's introducing Kamala. Out comes Kamala with the spear and the shield and the African-style mask. He's barefoot, wearing, uh, what's that, cheetah print? Solely? Or leopard print. Leopard print. This is a long ramp, by the way. Almost Wembley's as long a as big... WrestleMania 33. Almost. You... Now, remember, this was also the same event that saw uh, the Legion of Doom, the Road Warriors, come down on motorcycles, mm-hmm. come down the ramp. Which was way cool. At that point in time, didn't the Legion of Doom also have like a, a puppet or something they were with, like a ventriloquist dummy? I don't remember. I think so. I, I don't know. I believe he rode along with uh, with the Legion of Doom. This was a stupid, stupid bit. They tried to get the Road Warriors over in so many ways that they should have just let them beat them. You know, it's funny how often uh, that's the case. But, uh, yeah, Wembley... And the music hits. Undertaker is on his way, and you know it was a really smart idea? Drive him. <laughs> Undertaker coming down in a... Uh, Standing on the back. Standing on the back of... It looks like... It honestly kind of looks like a... Uh, I believe it's referred to it's as a... It's a hearse. It's an English hearse, which I believe is referred to as a death cab. Uh, perhaps that's a colloquial term and not an official term. Except the one problem with this is they have Paul Bearer walking in front of the car. That is true. Perhaps he should have been driving. Also, look at the artwork on that poster. Now, this is a uh, this is a soccer stadium, correct? Wembley is actually kind of an all-purpose stadium, but yes, it does host uh, soccer matches on a regular basis. It is Wembley is not the home stadium for any particular club. Hmm. It's like England's national stadium. Yep. So they have the biggest like soccer matches will be there. Uh, things like. Uh, the tournament finals, things like things along those lines. Big, but it's also huge games. as a concert venue, mm-hmm. or you know the when Look at those uh, Undertaker cosplayers. Back before cosplaying was probably a term. <laughs> probably. Um, they looked good though. They did. They did a good job. Undertaker, uh, darker hair, less red in it. It appears he's slowly getting away from Ginger Taker. He is, and. Um, yeah, so and it's not like the US where we'll have these giant, you know, Hooser domes and silver domes and everything like that and we'll just build a new one down the road that's even bigger and better. Wembley is uh still regularly used to this very day. It's not Wembley has been updated. They've I believe yeah, they I mean, rebuilt updates and, and I believe they've like rebuilt Wembley. Uh, Wem- Wembley. Wembley Stadium since this. Mm. Uh, I believe they o- reopened they rebuilt and opened the new Wembley Stadium in the early 2000s. So the one that currently stands is not the same one that we're seeing in this match. Um, but Wembley itself, the name stadium, uh, dates back decades. Yeah, I assume so. And there's a strong push to have another uh, event there. Um, I believe they were thinking about it for an NXT show. That wouldn't be... But I don't think that would done, fill it up. Well, n- they've done... Well, not at Wembley. Um, they obviously did NXT in London. Mm-hmm. As the the English hearse slowly backs up the ramp. That's true. The ring, of course, I, on, I, a, on I said about that a two-foot getting riser. Away, I said we're getting away from Ginger Taker, but his hair is very red. Apparently it was the lighting, because I'm seeing that now. It was definitely the lighting. Because I was, I thought the same thing. Also, definitely, I remarked earlier about no uh, five star matches for the Undertaker early on. Not getting any better with the quality <laughs> wrestling quality of opponent. Well, yeah, you're you, just with these two guys' style and character and everything. You're you're not gonna have that fast pace. You're not even gonna have that technical style wrestling. Um, you're not certainly not going to have high flying, although for a big man, the Undertaker does fly around a bit. Um, you're going to have a pretty much two big hosses going at it, a lot of strikes, a lot of body checks, 
and that was an interesting cut. Did you see yeah, that? Yeah, the, the cut, the, they switched where they were in the ring. Yeah. They, they were, were in a completely different side of the that ring. That was a weird cut. edit. I, wonder I guess if there was a botch. Yeah, I guess there was a botch or something. Uh, I, I'm, I'm certain that this is what aired on tape delay and not what aired live um, due to that. But it's that's well. We know Undertaker has shown teleportation powers before, although that's true. Not teleportation of the whole match, and not certainly live in the ring with that's all the a, lights turned on. That's a interesting uh, superpower. How did they do that? One will never know. Undertaker going to the top for school. It it doesn't quite become old school until after he's the American badass and transforms back into the Undertaker, a classic style, I should say. Kamala pushing Undertaker over the Typical top rope. Typical spot. Uh oh. Oh oh. Undertaker with both of Kamala's managers on the outside. Mm hmm. And Kamala with a big double axe handle to the back and a shot to the head. Well, I know Harvey Whippleman. I don't know who, what the name of the other person is. He's like Kamala's handler. It's not uh, the Akbar guy. No, I'm not sure who it is. Not especially not without listening. Yeah, some of the some of the, some of these old managers. It's, it's interesting. You know, I I'm not sure what they were thinking with Kamala. I mean, I don't have a ton against Kamala. But I'm, it certainly seems like it's a watered-down version of what he was in Memphis. And um, I'm not sure what plans they had for him. Uh, you know, was he going to become a championship competitor? Uh, it's really hard to tell because it kind of seems like they were trying to elevate him. But then again, not too much. Kamala might be an interesting figure as far as what you could do with booking. Yeah. And One now the Undertaker's Undertaker. got the hand on the throat of Kamala. Uh, pretty big, big choke slam. The leopard skin uh, Also, why is, is it the ref up. counting? It's a casket match, right? No, no, this isn't. Oh, uh, this isn't. The next match is a casket match. Ah, I see, I see. Hint, hint, we're going to have a, a uh, rematch. We're going to have to call this again. <laughs> yes, but they're trying to get to the casket. We have a different official this time, by the way. Ah, yes. I don't know who this guy is. He's got the... Uh, he's not much better than the last guy. He's got the Joey from Friends haircut going. <laughs> oh, and the, uh, the manager going oh, in. I believe we have a bell that's a ring. Disqualification. I believe that's a DQ at, at the very least. Yes, that is a disqualification. Whoever this is is wearing some pretty tall Timberlands. <laughs> and he gets punched to the outside of the ring and a kick to the back. A side kick to the back of Undertaker. Big chop to the forehead. Can we talk about the chop oxymoron that is a side kick to the back? Side kick to the back, yes. In the corner as Kamala it continues is, the beat down on the Undertaker. You know, not the smartest design to paint a crescent sun on the Kamala stomach because it kind of just looks like a banana. It does kind of look like a banana. Kamala with a Only because it's yellow for some reason. Yeah, like if it's supposed to be a moon, don't paint it yellow. And if it's supposed to be a sun, sun's not shaped that way, unless you're uh, in a Kamala shaped that way, but the sun isn't. Yeah, that's true. Kamala with a big splash off the middle rope. A little help from the angle of the camera there makes it look pretty devastating. As Paul Bear tries to get his Undertaker to rise, now, as Kamala's, Kamala's a big guy, He's going to the top rope. Well north of 300 pounds. Doesn't fly off the top rope a lot, but he does there. Hits the big splash. Big splash on the Undertaker. That's the second one. That was the uh, the beta version of the bullfrog splash. Ah, I gotcha. Fans in Wembley a little perplexed. And the Undertaker sits up. And, and Kamala, Kamala is horrified. That's a great reaction. You, you won't see a reaction like that to an Undertaker match until uh, Brock Lesnar WrestleMania 30. Yeah, Kamala doesn't get scared. Yeah. Which is his whole bit. Open script oh, and he's no. fallen. Kamala has fallen over. You know what? That might have been the end of all push for uh, Kamala in the WWF. Which is why they're going to literally put him in a casket. <laughs> you know what we should do? We should bury him. Literally. Well, the... I will say the Buried Alive match is years away. It is years away. And we'll get to some pretty fun ones there with a 
a broken uh, piece of farm equipment, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's all certainly to come. Maybe a few installations away. Um, so is is that all for this episode? That's of... all we're gonna do here. Okay. Well, make sure to join us on our next episode of every Undertaker match ever, part uh, three. It will yeah, be it'll, of it'll rest be in part peace. Three, and this we'll was get part started. two. Yes. And, and we will start with Survivor Series 1992. Remember that rematch we were just talking about? We're going to get Kamala against The Undertaker in the first ever casket match. What a cliffhanger we've left them off on. <laughs> All right, well, thanks for joining us for part two. We'll be back with part three in, uh, well, whenever we feel like putting it out. You can find us. we got to do the plugs. Oh, do the plugs, yes. Plug yourself. Uh, I'm Lee Brando. Find me at Lee Brando underscore on Twitter, Facebook, not Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. Find me on Facebook by searching Lee Brando. I'll be the wrestler named Lee Brando. Find the show uh, at Barricade Show on Twitter. On Facebook, just search for Over the Barricade Podcast. You can also search Barricade Show. We should come up for that, too. Uh, SoundCloud.com slash Barricade Show. And we're on iTunes and Google Play. We like those downloads. Subscribe and give us those five-star reviews. Hand them out uh, like Meltzer. Leave your comments. Send us an email. Let us know what you think. Over the Barricade Podcast at gmail.com. There you go. And that's it for us. We'll see you next time. <laughs>